Welcome to SACPA. True to tradition, we're starting right on time. My name is uh, Knut Peterson, and I'm the moderator for today's session, and I hope there will be no uh, real tough questions for, for our speaker, but uh, if there is, he's ready for it. Uh, the topic today is uh, why is sitting not the new smoking? Uh, it's been uh, it's been reported that uh, sitting down too much could be classified as uh, as bad for your smoking, but uh, our speaker will dispute that. Uh, please turn off your cell phones. Uh, so we don't get interrupted. Uh, the talk and the question will be recorded as usual, and uh, it's uh, available on the SACPA website afterwards. And Shaw TV is also taping it, and it's broadcast throughout the week. Uh, $14 is the price for lunch today. So if you would please put it in the basket and uh, have a treasurer at each table can make sure that the amount is right would be much appreciated. Uh, so talk will be 30 minutes maybe or 25, depends on how long I take to introduce uh, Jennifer. And we should be done about 1.30 after we have lunch at 12.30 and then question period at 1 o'clock. <clears throat> and now I'd like to introduce uh, Jennifer Copeland, a friend of mine from the university. Uh, I've heard her speak a few times about uh, different things, but uh, this one as well. So uh, she gave a speak. She spoke at the public professor at uh, City Hall uh, about a year ago, maybe a more or something like that. And uh, I've, I've told this little story to a few people, but my question to her after the talk uh, was that, uh, so if you're sitting uh, watching a football game Sunday afternoon and uh, go for a beer, does that count as uh, physical activity? She said that, uh, yes, it does, but it depends on how many beers you drink and how far the fridge is away. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer is a pretty active person herself. She, uh, she's run quite a few marathons, including Boston, the Boston Marathon. And she's also ran uh, a few races, 100-kilometer uh, races. So uh, I think she can probably chase most people down in this room, I think. <laughs> Without any further ado, I welcome uh, Jennifer to the stage. Hi, everybody. I'm very happy to uh, be here and have a chance to talk to you today about uh, what is pretty much my favorite topic of conversation these days. Uh, I've been told that I have to stay close to the microphone, which is going to be a real challenge for me because I like to wander when I'm talking, but uh, I'll do my best. 
So thank you very much for the uh, introduction, Knud. And uh, so the title of my talk today is, is uh, perhaps a bit controversial. Uh, why sitting is not the new smoking. And since I actually research uh, sedentary behavior, this might be a surprising title for some. Uh, but hopefully I'll make it clear as we, as we go along. I can also say I've been researching physical activity and health for a great number of years. And 10 years ago, if someone had ever told me I was going to be presenting a slide with a picture of a cigarette on it, I would have said there wasn't a chance. So, so there are all kinds of firsts today. So you've probably heard that phrase before, sitting is the new smoking. It's been popular in the media. It's quite catchy. Uh, so I'm showing a headline here from a newspaper from a couple of years ago saying, you know, sitting is the new smoking and it's time to quit. Of course, uh, this past fall, you may have come across a headline that looked like this in Newsweek, which said, standing at work is just as unhealthy as smoking cigarettes daily. So this gets a little bit confusing, I think, for, for people. Uh, and I think perhaps the take-home message that I can present to start with is that reading newspaper headlines is probably very bad for your health. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm joking. You obviously appreciate that joke. And, but I'm also a little bit serious. I do think you need to be uh, very careful with uh, science journalism and health reporting uh, is often misleading and a bit confusing. And so I'm, gonna, I'm hoping to clear up a little bit of this for you today. That's one of my main objectives. So some of the questions that I'm going to look at today uh, are first the question, is too much sitting bad for your health? And if so, why? Another question that's really interesting to think about uh, is, OK, well, what if I exercise as well? What if I exercise a lot? Does it matter then how much I sit? Uh, another question that I commonly get is, okay, so now what does this mean? I need to buy a standing desk, don't I? Uh, and so then I'll wrap up with, okay, so w when we take all of the evidence that we have to date, what, what is it that you should probably, what's the best evidence we have about what you should do in terms of health? So to start with, I'll just make sure we are all on the same page with what uh, we mean by sedentary behavior. So if you think about all of the activities that you do in the run of a day, they all fit somewhere along this continuum. So uh, on one far end, we have sleep. Uh, this is something that everybody does every day. People uh, get different amounts of sleep, uh, but it's something that we all do. On the far other end of the continuum down here, we have uh, what we would call moderate to vigorous uh, physical activity. So this would be moderate or intense activity. So anything from a brisk walk to running or jogging or uh, strength training. So then what's left in between is all the other stuff. So you're awake, uh, but you're not necessarily engaged in physical activity. So the definition of sedentary time specifically is any waking activity in a seated or reclining position with a very low energy expenditure. So basically, what all of you are doing right now. Um, and so a little further up the scale might be light activity. Normally when I'm presenting, I would be in the light activity zone because I kind of pace a little bit, but I'm probably not going to make it today because I have to stay by the microphone. OK, so we, uh, we know a lot about moderate uh, and intense physical activity. We've been studying it for quite a long time. Uh, we have a good handle on many of the beneficial effects. I wouldn't say we understand everything we need to know. Uh, and we, we have a good idea of what dose uh, of physical activity would be beneficial. So much so, in fact, that we have national guidelines uh, to tell us how much physical activity we should do. So if you're not familiar with Canada's physical activity guidelines, 
They recommend that you get 150 minutes of moderate to vigorous physical activity every week. So in other words, about 30 minutes most days of the week, so five days a week. Uh, I should mention that's the minimum recommended amount, so more than that is better. Uh, you'll also see here that they point out that it's really important and beneficial to add muscle and bone strengthening activities. I think this is an area that's often neglected in the guidelines and is really important for health. So we have information about how much physical activity you do. But it's only been in recent years, I would say in the last decade or so, that we've started thinking about, okay, well, what about all the rest of our movement behaviors during the day? What about the rest of the day? So even if you get that 150 minutes of physical activity a week, so if, let's say 30 minutes a day, uh, that still only represents about 2% of a 24-hour period of a day. So if you can... If you consider, uh, think of the day as like a pie uh, and you break it up, this is what uh, it looks like on average for most, uh, for a physically active Canadian. Sure, they get their 30 minutes of physical activity. Uh, they sleep approximately 33% of a day would be eight hours. 27% uh, of the day would be light activity, so sort of moving, slower walking. But 38% of the day is spent in what we would call sedentary time, so sitting. Now, what does that look like uh, in terms of uh, a waking day? So the Canadian Health Measure Survey is a big national study uh, that surveyed a large number of Canadians, several thousand Canadians, and they actually directly measured their movement patterns. So they measured their physical activity and their sedentary time with this device here, which is an accelerometer. It's like a really fancy pedometer that can uh, monitor both sitting, or monitor not moving and moving every minute of the day. So what did they find? Well, they found that Canadian adults spend about 68% of their time that they're awake set being sedentary or not moving. So if we look at this graph, just to show you quickly, you can see that with the different age groups, uh, we see an increase in sedentary time as we age. Uh, and on average, men accumulate 9.6 hours per day of sedentary time, and women accumulate 9.8 hours per day. So we really sit a lot uh, as a nation. Now, work is often identified as the primary culprit of all of this sitting. We have uh, more and more increasingly jobs are sedentary, occupations are sedentary that require sitting in front of a computer. And so people say, well, I have to sit at least eight hours a day at work. Uh, this is a graph just to show you average hours worked per week in Canada over the last few decades. You can see there's a slight downward trend uh, in the hours of um, hours worked per week, but still, on average, we're close to 37 hours per week of work. But I think it's really important to remind people that sitting doesn't only happen at work, right? We sit a lot in our leisure time as well, increasing amounts as it turns out. I'd also just like to quickly point out that we can't only blame working. So this is an analysis that I did with some colleagues of the Canadian Health Measures Survey data. Uh, and this was in 1,700 Canadians between the ages of 60 and 79. When we divided them up based on who was working, currently uh, employed full-time versus those who were retired or not working, you'll notice that there was essentially no difference in their total sedentary time. That's what we're looking at here. So they still accumulated about the same amount of sedentary time, even if they were not employed. So I'm not sure that we can only blame the workplace uh, for our... Uh, excessive amounts of sitting. 
So the next uh, question that I said I'd address well is, is too much sitting bad for me? And if so, why? So we do have some pretty good information now about the possible relationships between prolonged sitting and health. These come from large national studies like the Canadian Health Measures Survey that I just spoke about, but they do those in lots of countries. So we have data from Australia and the United States uh, and many European countries that show that there is a relationship between how much you sit uh, and your risk of things like cardiovascular disease, type 2 diabetes, uh, musculoskeletal pain and discomfort, uh, lower bone mineral density in women, so there's been a study that has shown an association with excessive sitting and bone mineral density, lower functional fitness, so our capacity to do our daily activities, and then all-cause mortality. So essentially there is a relationship that has been shown repeatedly between how much you sit and your risk of dying. I think that's a fairly compelling argument. So just to uh, show you some of those data, this, these are Canadian data as well. So this is from the Canada Fitness Survey uh, done in the 80s and early 90s. And in this uh, slide, what I'm showing you is an analysis of 1,700 men and women, adults over the age of 80. Uh, they measured them in 1981 and they followed them for 12 years. So in 1981, they asked them a question, how much do you sit on a weekday? And people reported that they sat almost all of the time almost none of the time or some variation in between a quarter of the time, a half of the time. This uh, shows you at the end of 12 years what percentage of those groups of people were still alive 12 years later. And so what you can see I think quite clearly is that the group who reported sitting almost all of the time during the week uh, were, had a, were much less likely to have survived the 12-year period compared to the individuals who reported sitting almost none of the time. So we have evidence uh, that sitting time definitely affects your health. So I'm a, I'm a physiologist and I really find it interesting to think about how exactly that's happening. So I try not to spend too much time on this uh, because not everyone finds it as interesting as I do. Um, but I never miss an opportunity to explain at least a, a couple of the possible mechanisms of how it is that sitting can influence your health. So one example is sitting uh, and an enzyme called lipoprotein lipase. So if you look at this figure here, this is uh, meant to depict a blood vessel, so blood would flow through here. And you have an enzyme, which I've circled here, called lipoprotein lipase, and it lives inside your uh, blood vessels. And it is responsible for metabolizing fat. So it allows fat to get broken down and then taken up either into adipose tissue, into fat cells for storage, or into muscle tissue where it can be stored or used for activity. So we've known for a long time that lipoprotein lipase is really sensitive to physical activity. And more recently, we've now identified that this enzyme is also really sensitive to sedentary time, to sitting. So if you, that enzyme in blood vessels in your muscles, if those muscles are unloaded and unweighted and not contracting for a prolonged period of time, the activity of this enzyme drops, and it drops rapidly, and it drops a lot. Uh, so this has been identified as a possible culprit. Excessive sitting seems to negatively impact your fat metabolism. 
Another example, you're probably, many of you are familiar with the hormone insulin. So insulin is a really important hormone that regulates the glucose in your blood. It's what allows glucose to move from the blood to your cells. And when insulin uh, activity is lower or when the cells have become less sensitive to insulin, this is how we uh, increase our chances of getting type 2 diabetes, a problem that is extremely prevalent uh, in Canada right now. So we also have evidence that insulin activity drops rapidly when you sit for a prolonged period of time. So a number of experimental studies have been done where they've forced people to sit all day, measured their insulin activity, and it goes down uh, by, you know, 30 to 40 percent after just one day of sitting. So this is another possible uh, mechanism by which increased sitting is bad for your health. The last one I'll mention is inflammation. So you may be familiar with the concept of systemic low-grade inflammation and its possible association with all kinds of diseases. Uh, and we now, there seems to be some link between uh, excessive amounts of sitting and inflammation. So I'll just quickly tell you about a study from my lab. Uh, and so this was a study that a grad student of mine did where she asked groups of women to change their behavior for 10 days. So one group had to become really sedentary for 10 days. So very little stepping, lots of sitting. And they had to monitor their movement with a pedometer. The other group had to just increase their activity just by about... Um, 30 minutes a day, so nothing too intense, just 30 minutes of walking a day. And we measured uh, this marker called C-reactive protein, which you don't need to know a lot about, but it, it gives an indication of inflammation in the body, so it's an inflammatory marker. Uh, and what we found is that in the group of women who were sedentary for 10 days, this marker of inflammation went up 31% after only 10 days. Uh, and in the group who were more active, it dropped by 22%. And so that was only 10 days. So you can imagine if you spend uh, a lifetime of prolonged periods of sitting that this could have real impacts. And so inflammation is another area that we're actively uh, researching. So another question that I said I'd address is, okay, but what if I sit a lot, I sit a lot, but I exercise every day as well. Does that matter? And this is a really interesting question. It's interesting uh, to researchers as well to think about how these behaviors interact. Can one bout of exercise actually undo the risks associated uh, with all of the sitting? So the first answer I would give to that question is, well, almost nobody actually is that active. Okay, so if we go back to that Canadian Health Measures survey uh, that I told you about with the accelerometers, they also monitored how active people were. And so I'll show you how many Canadians met that minimum guideline of 150 minutes a week. So remember, that's the equivalent of about a 30-minute walk five days a week. Uh, so this is how many. So less than 20% of Canadians actually achieve that much physical activity. So there's a chance that that question about physical activity is irrelevant because there really aren't very many people uh, actually doing that much physical activity. Uh, I'll, but what I'll also point out is that even if you are physically active, you still have an opportunity to get a lot of sitting in your day. So in that same analysis that I told you about later, we divided the older adults up into people who met the physical activity guidelines, so who got at least 150 minutes of activity a week, and those who didn't. And we measured their sedentary time. And what you'll see is even the individuals who we would classify as active uh, still accumulated 9.3 hours per day of not moving. So being active doesn't actually mean that you're not being sedentary, which is a confusing concept for many, but if you think about it, physical activity is a really small part of the day. 
So I guess my main point, and I often use this slide to illustrate it, uh, is that individuals who exercise a lot, like two hours a day, can still actually be sitting for more than 85% of their waking hours. So then, what is the answer to the question? Can physical activity you know, eliminate or attenuate these negative effects of sitting time? Well, last year there was a really big study released uh, and what they did here is instead of actually collecting their own data, they actually gathered data from all of these, so the Canadian Health Measures Survey that I mentioned, almost all countries have a study like that. And so this research group collected data from these national studies all around the world and they compiled all those data so that what they ended up with is a sample of essentially a million men and women, which is exceptional from a research perspective. And this is the question they were trying to answer is, does physical activity attend the detrimental association of sitting time with mortality. And so I won't go on and on about the study, but their main conclusion was that it can, so uh, the detrimental effects of sedentary time may be attenuated in people who are active for more than an hour every day. So really active, in other words. So that is good news and interesting and gives us further angles to study, but I just don't know that the results are all that applicable to the vast majority of the population who do not exercise for more than an hour every day. So another question that people often ask then uh, after I've, you know, told them all these terrible things about sitting time is, okay, should I get a standing desk? I like to use the computer. Perhaps I need to stand up while I'm doing it. So the one thing I'll say about this is that there's very little research available on the benefits or effects of standing desks so far. They're too new. We just don't have a lot of studies and the studies that we have are not that good yet. Uh, so with the caveat that based on very limited research to date, uh, there do seem to be some benefits. They seem to reduce sitting time at work. So one study found that uh, people sat two and a half hours less during their workday if they had a standing desk. Some studies have shown there is an increase in muscular activity, so they monitored the electrical activity in the muscles and said, yes, if you have a standing desk, you get more muscular activity. Uh, and this is associated with better glucose and fat metabolism. So those things that I talked about earlier that might explain why sitting is bad for your health are improved if you stand up, right? You're contracting your muscles. Those muscles are loaded, right? That's the difference between me and all of you guys right now. Uh, and this may have some benefits. Uh, they've also been shown to be associated with lower uh, musculoskeletal discomfort. So I think we all can uh, appreciate what we feel like if we sat for a really long time at a computer or in front of a TV and then you stand up and you're really stiff. So standing can minimize some of that. So there may be some benefits. So then is this, is this the answer then? This is what I, my take home message is, is that we should all stand all the time. We need to find occupations and hobbies that allow us to stand all the time. Uh, well, no, I think if you ask these individuals how they feel about standing all day, they'll tell you that it's not very good either. And so that is my message, uh, I think, in that regard, is that too much of anything is good for nothing, is the quote that I like to use. So there are problems with excessive and prolonged periods of standing. So uh, increased lower back pain is one of those things. Uh, there are ergonomic issues with standing, right? We don't necessarily adjust our posture or the computer height correctly. And so then we end up with uh, other discomfort and uh, musculoskeletal injury problems. 
Too much standing is associated with varicose veins, so it can lead to damage in the veins that can then lead to varicose veins. And that flashy headline that I showed you early in the presentation, uh, that was a study out of Canada that showed that, ex that occupational standing, so how much time you spend standing at work, is actually associated with an increased risk of heart disease. So that's where that headline came from. I've put a question mark there, though, because I think it's really important uh, to actually understand what that study was examining. And I, I won't talk about it right now. If there's questions at the end, I'm happy to talk about it. But I'll just say that that wasn't a study where they were looking at people who have standing desks. They were comparing people who have jobs that require them to stand all day. And I think we can all agree there's probably a big difference between a job that requires you to stand all day uh, and a, a more of an office job that requires you to sit all day. So I put a question mark by that one. So I think what I'm trying to say is that sitting is not the new smoking. Hopefully I've made that point. Uh, and I told you that I would explain to you why I don't think sitting is the new smoking. Even though I think I've told you that, uh, sitting is definitely associated with some health risks. So I don't like this catchphrase for a few reasons. One, it oversimplifies the situation. We know a lot about smoking and we know exactly how smoking ne negatively impacts your health. We don't know that yet about sedentary time. There's still lots of research ongoing that needs to happen in order for us to understand that relationship. The other big thing is, is that I can tell you that you should never smoke. That is the optimal uh, dose of smoking for your health mm. is zero. Uh, I can't tell you that about sitting for a whole bunch of reasons. One, it's impractical. Sitting is inevitable in many avenues of life, transportation, certain work environments. And second of all, not sitting at all is not the answer. It's not actually going to be good for your health to stand all the time or move all the time either. So I think that that's a really um, inappropriate comparison uh, to compare sitting and smoking. So I like to say my, the one that I coined the last time I gave a talk that uh, Knud was at is really sitting is the new wine, right? A little bit is good, even necessary, but too much in long bouts is bad. And then I guess I, my final point would be what we know is bad is sitting and smoking. That would be a worst case scenario right there. Okay, so after telling you all of that and telling you what we don't know, what we're still studying and what we do know, uh, I, I'll tell you what it is then that I think you should do based on the evidence that we have so far. So the first thing I'll say is that regardless of any of the research on sedentary time, far and away the most important thing you can do is try to get that minimum amount of physical activity. So try to get 150 minutes of moderate to vigorous physical activity a week. That we know for sure has many health benefits. I'd also draw your attention to the part about the strengthening activities. As I said, this is an area that I think is really neglected uh, in the guidelines and in our public health messaging. We talk a lot about walking and running and cycling, uh, and we don't talk about strength activity. And it is crucial uh, to our health, and it is crucial to our health and our independence as we age. So I think we need to emphasize that more. The second thing I would say is you need to think about sitting, standing, and moving more throughout the day as opposed, in addition to your purposeful uh, exercise. So break up sitting time frequently with standing and moving, whether that's at work, whether that's uh, you know, in leisure time watching TV or movies or any kinds of projects that you might be working on. Remind yourself to break up that sitting time frequently with standing and moving. 
So the best evidence that we have so far suggests that the optimal ratio would be about one-to-one. So about a one-to-one ratio of sitting versus not sitting. So if you're going to sit for 30 minutes, then you should stand up and move around for 30 minutes. So that by the end of, let's say, an eight-hour workday or an eight-hour period of time, you have four, you've accumulated in different bouts four hours of sitting and four hours of light activity, standing, moving around. So how do we avoid all the sitting? It's really uh, pervasive, I'll point out, that you've all been sitting this entire time that I've been talking. It's a very common thing to do. So uh, how do we avoid it? Well, I think it takes some really conscious uh, decisions. We really need to think about it. And I think it's actually going to take a bit of a cultural shift, which is no, no small order. But so you need to incorporate more light activity into your day. So yes, we want to encourage some purposeful exercise every day, but then you need to think about just small bouts of moving around. Uh, So incorporate more light activity. Think about this during regular breaks. So we need to rethink what a break is. Maybe a break isn't resting. Maybe a break should actually be moving. Uh, We need to think about this in our leisure time, right? Try to incorporate more movement and light activity and standing more muscle contractions uh, into our leisure time activities and uh, during transport. So active transportation is a a really viable category. So we need to, I like to say, you need to go out of your way. And I've got that in quotation marks. So here's an example we're probably all familiar with. All these individuals in line here uh, are missing an opportunity to get up out of their car, walk, towards Tim Hortons, contract their arm muscles to open the door, stand inside, walk back to their car. And I would also argue they're probably missing an opportunity to get their coffee a little bit faster. Uh, This uh, slide, I take pictures like this whenever I see them because I find it so interesting. So this is on the UofL campus uh, a couple winters ago and you can see this is into the wellness center and you can see that this is the sidewalk that's been cleared nicely for people and this is the way they go, right? So it is inherent in us without thinking about it to try to minimize movement, right? I'm going to get in to sit down in class or in my office as fast as I can. I'm going to eliminate the possibility for these steps. So that's what I mean when I say we need to be thinking about this a bit more. And so finally, I also mentioned a bit of a cultural shift that I think needs to take place, right? So we need to rethink perhaps the way we do business, the way we do lots of things, the way people congregate tends to always involve sitting. So I chose this picture of a sitting meeting uh, in part because it was a free image that was available online uh, and also because I think it represents a happier, simpler time that we all remember. But so you don't have to do business that way, right? Humans don't have to engage with each other always sitting. It's possible for us to have a shift so that people are standing more. Uh, And there's evidence to suggest that people are actually more creative uh, and more efficient and effective when they're not sitting all the time, when they're standing. So like I always say then, maybe we need to think about being weird because normal isn't working. So I'll end with a, uh, with a Dilbert uh, comic that really someone sent to me because they thought it was appropriate and I find very, very amusing. Oh, you can't see it, sorry. So uh, he says, I like to think of myself as a ma- maverick. Let the trendy people brag about their standing desks. I haven't stood up in a week. Uh, and Dilbert says, I have some bad news about your health risks. And he says, well, should I sit down to hear this? 
So thank you very much uh, for your attention. And my understanding is that we'll have an opportunity to chat some more if you have questions. So thank you very much.